Hello and welcome to Surveyor Says, the podcast from the National Society of Professional Surveyors. Each week, we bring you fascinating guests that are involved in the profession of surveying. We cover a lot of ground, including table lay talk with Gary Kent, point of order with the NSPS Joint Government Affairs Team, future focus, highlighting current and future leaders of the profession, and everything survey-related in between. Thanks for joining us here on the podcast and hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of Surveyor Says. Welcome to Surveyor Says, the podcast series for NSPS. I'm your host today, Kurt Sumner, and with me is Gary Camp. Welcome, Gary. Hello, Kurt. I would give you a big introduction, but I don't need to because our, everybody already knows who you are. So, But it, just on the odd case that people don't know who Gary Kent is, Gary has been a, a, an activist in our national organization probably longer than I have. I, I think you were involved in ACSM even before I came on the NSPS Board of Governors in the like 97 or something. I mean, you'd already been yeah, on the for a while. I, I, I uh, got on the Board of Governors, um, I think, in 83 and, uh, and had been, you know, out around and about uh, before then. But I got on Board of Governors in 83 and have been pretty active ever since. Yeah. And obviously, our, our topic today is going to be the ALTA NSPS land title survey standards and the, the, the quote, new version. Um, but I'm not sure on any of these podcasts, and we've talked about the standards before, I'm not really sure if we talked about how you actually got involved and became the guy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's a that's an interesting question. So uh, I first got involved in uh, well, they were working on a new set of standards, and we I had been at Schneider. I started at Schneider in 1983, and uh, you know at that time Indiana still had our own set of land title survey standards, and uh, and we used those. Uh, but but at that point or shortly after that, you started having national lenders and national deals going on and so people were like well indiana you know we need to look at these acsm ones so i started paying more attention to those and they had been modified in 1986 and they came up again for modification in 1988 it was only two years later but that was because when um, alta and acsm in 86 modified the original standards which were 1962 they did it without talking to the group in within ALTA, which is called Lenders Council, which are the uh, attorneys who work for lenders. And they were a little upset that they had not been consulted during the 86 revision. And so they went right back here two years later. And, um, and the, the primary thing that happened was Table A. It was actually called Table 3 at the time. So I took an interest in that, and uh, there were some things in Table A, Table 3, that uh, that concerned me a little bit. And so I went to the, the meeting they in 88, and I believe this was in Virginia Beach, I think. I went to that meeting of the uh, the committee, which I, I don't 
I don't recall if it might have actually been a joint committee that was meeting at the ACSM conference at that point, but I attended and raised some concerns about it. And uh, I, I think that uh, um, Bob, uh, well, I'm not drawing a blank, from uh, Massachusetts, Bob Foster from Massachusetts, I think he was, I don't know that he was chairing the meeting, but he was kind of running it. I think Mary Fiant was, was the chair of the committee still at that point. But I raised some questions, and so he and I went off on the side. And I didn't know these people from Adam at the time, but we went over on the side and uh, came up with some wording that, was, that satisfied my concerns. And then that got adopted, and of course, then it all, it, it all went on. Um, and so that's how I first got involved. And so at that point, you know, they had, had, they had accepted my, my thoughts and stuff. I thought, well, shoot, maybe I'll just stay engaged. And so, uh, so I did. And, um, and we got to the 92 standards and uh, shoot, you may have actually been involved in them by then. I think we met at the ALTA headquarters in, uh, on, uh, what was that, K Street or something in, uh, in DC. And, uh, had a meeting there, and um, it went well. And that was back when Jim Maurer was their their executive director, and you know Jim was executive director of the organization, and yet uh, and yet he had a very strong interest and uh, knowledge about the standards. And uh, that was '92, and so shortly after that, Mary, you know, who as you know by then was probably into her 90s, uh, resigned resigned from the committee, and she and, and she was a uh, uh, as you know, Kurt, she owned a title company and a survey company in Charlevoix, Michigan. And she resigned. And then I got a call from Jim Maurer. This would have been probably in late 94, early 95. And he said, um, hey, I, you know, Mary's resigned and, uh, and uh, I, I, you know, we need a new chair. And I thought I'd see if you would be interested. And I said, well, Sure, I, I'd be happy to do that. You know, what, what do I need to do? And he said, well, the first thing you need to do is join AT, ALTA. <laughs> so uh, I joined the organization, and then they were able to appoint me as chair of that. Uh, it, it, what it actually is is a liaison on their end. They just call it a liaison to NSPS. And uh, you end up in that position. You end up kind of by default being the chair of the joint ALTA uh, NSPS or ACSM at the time, but that committee. Right. So that happened in 1995, and uh, and I've I've been chair ever since. Uh, through that would have been what the next set of standards would have been 97, and then 99. That was another two year one, and then 2005, 2011, 2016, and and now the new one. So through uh, I guess six set of standards, six sets of standards. So all so along. The, the sequencing for updates, that's a good term, has been pretty much the same. It was, it yes. Was, so it wasn't like it started out at some, every so many years and then it changed. It's kind of been that way all along. Yeah. You Except know, the, the, that the, one instance, maybe. Yeah, there were actually ended up being two instances. Uh, the, 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 and, and, you know, the first version was in 62 and they did not get revised until 86. So that was, uh, that was a long time. But then from 86, it went to 88, and that was because the Lenders Council. Uh, and then it was uh, four years to 92 and five years to 97. And it was right around that time. In fact, I think it was in 92, we decided 
uh, kind of collectively said five years seems like a good a good target. You know, let's just go with every five years. Uh, and then so we did 97, but then we turned right around and did 99. And I, I'd have to go back and see why that was. But it seems to be there was something there that was a little concerning and we felt like we should get back in there and fix that. Uh, so we did that in 99. And, and then since then, it's been uh, what it was six years and then it was uh, uh, six more years and then it was five years, I guess. So it, we, we've stayed on the five. I don't see it changing from a five year cycle unless, you know, unless we do something. It's like, oh, gosh, there's a you know, there's a big problem we have got to get addressed here. Right. I was just going to say that the fact that that precedent was set where if something did big come along. We don't necessarily have to say, well, we got to hold off on that for another four years or whatever. If it's something that were to be major, I can't imagine what that might be at this point, but but at least there's yeah, a precedent no. for that if we, if we needed it. Yes, there is. And and there's no I don't believe there's any policy that way. It was just kind of a, a committee, you know, kind of an agreement that that seemed like a logical time frame. So, yeah, if something cropped up, we, we could jump back in. And it seems to me over the last several iterations we've gone through this, um, the group that's involved now is, has stayed pretty faithful. We've had a, a group of people who've continued to be involved. Um, and that's not to say, well, new blood isn't welcome, but uh, at least you have people who have good history in their in their background. Yeah, and that's been so important with that committee, as you well know. Uh, and you've been involved for years, and, and I have. And yeah, we've had a, a, you know, it's been slightly rotating through. I mean, uh, Bob Don was involved at one point and, and Craig Amy was involved at, at one point and they were both uh, very valuable to the committee. Uh, over the last few years, you know, Paul Byrne out of Las Vegas and uh, Judy Beal out of uh, Virginia and uh, uh, Todd Rackstad from Phoenix have been really our, our strong, uh, our strong suit, and they've done a really, really good job of staying engaged and involved. And that, and of course, you've been involved in the group also. So we've had kind of a key five or six people. Um, and then on the ALTA side, as as you know, there was a there was a group there that was consistent for a number of years. And um, uh, of course, Paul uh, uh, McNamara from Boston died, and um, uh, seemed like we had somebody else. Um, go out, but uh, uh, now we've got uh, uh, Todd D'Amico from Oklahoma, who is uh, an ALTA uh, person, and yet he's also a surveyor. So uh, um, he's been really valuable. And, uh, and there are other ALTA people on the joint committee who have been quite engaged. And uh, you know, we, I, I felt like we missed uh, uh, Justin, uh, uh, shoot, I don't remember his last name, but I'm from the San Francisco, from the Bay Area, mm -hmm. uh, he he did a, just just was an did an outstanding job with us the last couple of versions. But he's he's moved on uh, off the committee, uh, which was was too bad. But but they they've had great people on there. I think uh, it, the the process has worked really really well. Uh, I think you know, it's and been on kind top, of, I was going to say I think it's been kind of interesting with with having Paul Byrne on because he's in in Vegas. And I don't know if everything he does is LTA and SPS, but he does a lot of it. So it's kind of interesting sometimes 
somebody will raise an issue and say, well, what about this? And Paul say, oh, yeah, I've had to deal with that. So it's just yeah. it's pretty cool. Yeah. And, uh, you know, for those who don't know Paul, he's he's one of them who is doing surveys on on the strip. You know, I mean, if uh, if Caesars needs a land title survey, he's probably the one who's doing the survey. And uh, or, you know, maybe not Caesars, but certainly. Uh, and so he's seen everything. And he also, therefore, is dealing with some of the most valuable property probably in the country. Right. And um, and so he has a different perspective. And, uh, you know, that's why we had, you know, Todd uh, Rackstad from Phoenix is with a utility company and, and they do land title surveys of, of very large tracks, rural tracks. And so there's a there, you know, there's a good perspective. Judy in Virginia, you know, is you know, probably does more just a, in general, more typical types of land title surveys like most of us would. So, you know, we've got a really good cross section of people, which is, I think, is important because if all you do is land title surveys on fast food restaurants and uh, and gas stations, you're not going to understand the issues that somebody runs into when they're surveying 5,000 acres out in rural, uh, you know, Pennsylvania, or you're not going to understand doing land title surveys in, uh, in, in, in extremely high value properties on the strip or, you know, downtown New York City or something. So I, I think it's really important to have that cross section. Yeah, I agree. And it's um, I, I thought this last iteration of our, our meetings all, all went very, very well. And um, so maybe we want to talk a little bit as we go on, I don't know if there's some highlights you might want to point out. I know people are eager to hear, and I'm sure you're going to be on the speaker trail here pretty soon, going to here, there, and everywhere to to help people through this next this next period of time. But I, I don't know if there's anything in particular that comes to mind that jumps right out. Yeah, sure. Um, and I, yeah, I, I, we're as as you know, it's kind of a funny year this year because. Uh, uh, ALTA has actually already approved the new versions, um, but NSPS is going to be later than normal this year, as you know. Yeah, uh, what is it? October uh, October thirtieth, I think. So we're a little bit behind on that. I'm going to try to not jump the gun too quickly on on getting stuff out. I, I'd I'd like to go ahead and get some things out. I. I'll probably uh, write a column for uh, for American Surveyor and get it out there to them, but point out to them that you know, kind of, kind of, be a little flexible just in case something happens at NSPS and somebody you know raises questions about something. But uh, I am going to start doing uh, um, programs, as as you can well guess. There's people who are interested in in hearing, as you said. Um, and I've got a number of them here in the Midwest starting in about a month or so. So um, try and get the we'll be trying to get the word out. Uh, as far as um, major uh, changes or or things that I'd like to maybe point out the most, there's not a lot this time. Although there are some fairly significant things, we had some um, as you know, Kurt. We had some very interesting things. For example, the um, uh, the uh, dynamic or the, the the quandary between the word must and shall, for example, 
so we went through and looked at that because the U.S. Supreme Court has said if you want to make something definitively mandatory, the word is must. The word is not shall. And so we went through and, and looked at that. Um, most of it, we had about 15 pages of suggestions, and I, I didn't think we were going to end up with that many. I thought we were going to have fewer. That's actually, uh, I think, a few more suggestions than we actually had last time, which in, in one sense was, uh, was disappointing. You'd, you'd like to think that as we go along, we get fewer and fewer suggestions. But a number of them were related to, to very similar issues, and, uh, and, and I'm hoping we've got those addressed. So um, a lot of little tweaking things, and, I, and, and even before I, before I get into the things that I think are maybe most significant, I will say that 100% of the things that we did in the changes uh, with the standards this time uh, were to the benefit of the surveyor, either making the uh, making the requirements more clearly stated or lessening uh, the surveyor's liability. And it's kind of an interesting, as you know, Kirk, because you've been in the joint meetings, it's an interesting tightrope. Um, you know, we may say, well, we can't do that. You know, no, we just, we just don't want to do that. And the title people will say, you know, well, what, but we need that. Uh, and, I, and I actually kind of enjoy that dynamic because that means we're going to have to sit down and, and work through some wording that is absolutely satisfactory, clear uh, to the surveyors and doesn't introduce more liability while at the same time addressing the concerns that the title folks have. And we have, as you know, have been able to successfully do that every time. Yeah, that one of the things that always comes up, and you reminded me of it when you were just talking there, was the whole concept of mandatory versus optional mm -hmm. because as you've pointed out so many times people who are not surveyors will read that something is mandatory where a surveyor might read it as optional and figuring out that difference is part of what we were going through obviously yeah oh absolutely right so uh, as far as uh, you know kind of the significant or the more more significant types of things. We did uh, do a little bit of rewriting and adding to the relative positional precision section. And this is something that a lot of people are interested in. I don't know how much people are actually engaged in it, but uh, I have had some concerns about that for a long time. Uh, and they, they got raised again and I was able to work um, with uh, uh, Earl out in uh, in New Mexico to uh, do some tweaking on that, and and one of the concerns that he had and that we had was, um, you know, th there was some a little bit of of I don't want, I want to say the definition was a little bit lacking from a, a technical standpoint. I would say maybe from a statistical standpoint and so we added a sentence and then we also changed the definition a little bit to make it easier and i don't think it it changes the the bottom line but it um, the the calculation now is only as to on a given boundary point it the calculation is only to the two adjoining corners on each side 
So as you know, the, the definition used to be any boundary corner related to any other boundary corner, and now it's any boundary corner related to the next corner and the last corner. So that makes the calculation easier, and, and, and yet I think it also retains the uh, integrity of what it is that we're trying to accomplish. So that's, uh, that, that's fairly significant, but I think from a functional standpoint, it's not going to have uh, – has very little impact on surveyors. I, I think what it does is if we were ever challenged, you know, if anybody ever had uh, a, a big client who had a problem and they decided they were going to rake us over the coals or rake the surveyor over the coals – uh, and drag the standards in and say, look at this, you know, they, and they, they hire some geodesist who says, yeah, this, you know, this standard isn't, doesn't make sense or whatever. I think we have a defensible definition now, and I, I think that's extremely important. Yeah, that's one of the things you hear. I just got a call from somebody the other day on the positional tolerance side, um, and people will read what it says, but then there's there's language later on that, that talks about what happens if you can't. Yes. And, and, and yes. that seems to get lost sometimes when people are trying to figure out how, what to do. Yeah. And you know, that, that, that's probably an interesting point and it makes me uh, wonder that maybe actually, believe it or not, my second suggestion for 2026 <laughs> uh, of maybe putting a note to that effect up, up there rather than, or in addition to where it is now, which is in section six. Right. So. Yeah, I, think that, I so agree we, that probably would be helpful because it's all together then. Yeah, and, right. And so, cause I just, in that call, honestly, I, I'm pretty sure the guy that I was talking to might not have even known about the later clause. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, no, that's an excellent idea. I'll make a note on that. Uh, uh, as I said, believe it or not, I already have a suggestion for uh, on my list. I have, now I have two suggestions. <laughs> so here we go. We're uh, starting already. Yeah. And they're not yeah, even out yet. <laughs> and they're not even out. That, this is this is actually what happened last time. Uh, the very first program I went to present on the new standards, and I think it was in Bowling Green, Kentucky, somebody raised their hand, asked a question, and I said, Oh yeah, that's a really good point. <laughs> so, so there, there are the list starts. Uh, yeah, but, and it's, uh, it's interesting when you ask people what their concerns might be. That's not something that they can just off the t tip of their tongue talk about. It's almost like they have to experience, and then they're like, "Oh, wait a minute." <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, you're exactly correct. Right, right, and. Uh, uh, you know, even the rest of us, I mean, we may look at it and then go out and do a survey or, or for some reason, uh, you know how it is. I mean, I've had my head in these standards for 30 years, but, but, you know, every now and then you're like, somebody asks a question and well, let me, let me read that. And I look at it and I'm like, oh yeah, you know, gosh, I didn't recall that part, even though I've read them, you know, 500 times. So, um, that happens. The, um, the next kind of major thing, which actually isn't major, but in the records research, and I think this was probably the first suggestion I had last time, we had tweaked that uh, those requirements last time to uh, make it a little more clear, and it became to me clear almost immediately that we could have done a better job. So we have rewritten that. It, it doesn't change. I, I don't think there's anything changed in there. 
uh, other than um, we have kind of reformatted and reorganized it so that it flows more logically and the list is kind of a more discrete list. So I think uh, that's actually a significant improvement that, uh, it, it, you know, as an example, the, the lead-in paragraph to records research said, well, the request needs to include the record description of the property. And then later on, we list all the stuff that's to be provided. And, uh, and I'm looking, I go, well, why, why don't we take that uh, record description of the property out of that paragraph and just put it in the list of the things that are to be provided? And uh, so we did that and we reorganized. I, I, I think it's more clear now for everyone. Yeah, it's it's going through it. It's it's sort of like a, a pre a pre review, if you will, of a book. <laughs> you know, you're yeah, you're talking yeah. about hey, I got this great book coming out, and here are the things you want to. Uh, here's why you'll want to buy my book. And it's of course we don't. Nobody has to buy these standards, of course, but right, it's, it's a similar right. situation where we're sort of laying some groundwork, and there hopefully our listeners are going to be saying, "Wow, I want I want to see when this comes out." how that really reads or that kind of thing. So ho hopefully exactly. our discussion today will be good for that. Yes, right, right. Uh, and I'm going to be doing what I did last time, Kurt, and, what, and, and I will do this on the website too, which is provide uh, the adopted version, you know, a clean version, the actual adopted standards, but we will also provide the marked up version of the 2016 standard so somebody can actually see what has changed and how it changed. I think that's an important thing to do. Yeah, you know, it's one thing, it, it's one thing to look at it and say, okay, I see what it says. But when you do that, you don't necessarily, uh, your mind doesn't grasp actually the, the way that it changed. And so we'll be providing that document, which we did last and, time. And that's a great tool for people because that way they don't have to try to cross reference back and forth and say, well, what did that go look up? The, it's right there in front of them. So that, that's right. really, really helpful. Yes, I, I agree. Uh, the next things uh, in the uh, easements and servitudes area in the field, uh, there were some things that we kind of needed to address there. And, and one of the main things we did is um, decided to include utility locate markings as evidence of utilities. Uh, we have all done land title surveys or done a survey. We go out, maybe we're, we, we've had utilities marked or we haven't. Maybe we're just doing a survey and we go out and, and here is a blue paint mark going across a parking lot. Well, we all know the chances are pretty high that there is a water line there, uh, and, and that's a and that's pretty strong evidence of it. It's not. It's probably not highly accurate, and and we all know that that also could have been an abandoned water line. But in any event, it it, it is some evidence, and so we decided that utility locate markings should be included as evidence. And uh, and then there was some concern about well, who? How do we know who did the markings, and you know of what value are they? And so we uh, we basically said the. Utility locate markings, including the source of the markings with a note if unknown. And so I think that I think that covers that issue. Uh, there were a few other things we did in there, but that really was probably the main thing. Um, let's see. 
a lot of a lot of must shall things uh, in the uh, uh, one of the one of the biggest things we did, and this has been kind of a bugaboo for surveyors for uh, a number of years. <clears throat> and I've had lengthy conversations with people. I've had contentious conversations with surveyors who I respect who are very knowledgeable about this issue. And it has to do with lenders who want surveyors to tell them whether or not an easement affects a property. Um, I've always pushed back on that. And the reason that I have pushed back on it is because in my mind, and I'm, if you think like an attorney, um, you know, effects has a bunch of different meanings. I think most of us as surveyors would look at that and say, well, if the, if the easement cuts across our property, it obviously affects it. Uh, I look at it a little, a little broader. In addition to that, my question would be, is it even a valid easement? For example, maybe when it was granted in 1920, uh, the, the people had already sold the property. And then they were like, oh gosh, we were supposed to execute an easement. Well, let's quickly execute it even though we've already sold the property. Or maybe only one of the owners, maybe there were two or three owners and only one of them executed the easement. So I look at that more from a legal standpoint and say, is it even a valid easement? Because if, if it's not a valid easement, the 20 foot uh, gas line easement might cross the property, but it but it's not a valid easement, so it doesn't even it doesn't really affect it because it wasn't a valid easement in the first place when it was uh, executed. So, um, and yet then you had lenders wanting us to tell them whether or not an easement affected a property. So uh, we we worked on this as you know for actually quite a while, and we finally came up with. Uh, uh, and, I, and I should back up that what we had done last time is we said, um, well, let's talk about whether it's on or touching the property. So from a surveyor standpoint, let's talk about the location of the easement. It's on the property, it crosses, it touches, or, or it's not, right? And if it's not, then we don't care if it's valid easement or not, it's not on the property anyway. So we were focusing on location. But the, um, the lenders are still hung up on the word effects. And so what we did is we modified that one item and, and it says that uh, uh, we provide a note among other things. If it is on or does not, no, is not on or does not touch and or based on the description contained in the record document does not affect the surveyed property. So what we're doing is creating, um, you know, framing the use of the word effects with respect to these standards as meaning where it plots according to the description so that we're making sure we're getting surveyors out of the potential uh, problem of having to decide if it's a valid easement or not. And, and I think that was a good, compromise it lets us use the word effects but it frames it so we're not getting in trouble over it yeah and i i remember a bit of that conversation um our our counterparts over on the alta side just like we do oftentimes we're saying okay we get it you know, we yeah. we looked at it a different way but 
it's that's one of the great things about the committee. You have a chance to talk those things through. Right. It, it is one of the great things uh, about the committee because, uh, you know, we have our perspective. They have their perspective. And um, and we read things one way. They may read things another way. And uh, and so when we get to get together and have those discussions, all of a sudden, sometimes, you know, light bulbs go off and I'm like, oh, OK, I, you know, I, I get it. I get it. I see what the issue is here. And then and then we can work through the wording. Absolutely. Well, I think uh, hopefully we've given enough in this relatively short period of time to uh, whet the appetite, if you will, <laughs> of yeah. uh, all our listeners, and they'll be eager to see what the standards look like. And uh, I guess as soon as NSPS approves, uh, obviously they don't go into effect until uh, terminus day, but right, uh, February, February 23rd. Yeah. So <laughs> is the plan that is will ALTA be publishing them for their people to see after total approval as as we would think about doing too yes they they will publish them and uh, we will publish them i'll get them out in the mag at least one of the magazines you know we will figure out how to do that um <clears throat> the um uh, I encourage surveyors, and I and, and and this is something I do, and I'm I'm working on a new little short PowerPoint, you know, to explain the uh, the changes. And one of the things that I do, and and people who come to my seminars know, I tell them, you know, get out, go to your local title company, tell them, hey, there's a new set of standards. I'd like to come over and explain them to you. Uh, go to your local law firm. That, that you know deals with land title surveys and, and offer to come over and do a little brown bag lunch. And what I tell surveyors is, I will give you the information to do that. I'll give you the PowerPoint. I'll give you the information and uh, encourage people to get the word out. Uh, the other thing, as you know, Kurt, one of the things, there were a lot of suggestions that we said, yeah, those are pretty good suggestions, but you know they really don't belong in the standards. But but it's a good thing, and so we decided we are going to put together a rather extensive set of frequently asked questions with uh, explanations and that sort of thing. So I've started working on that, and that's going to be a fairly comprehensive document this time. So I think that will be very helpful also. Um, and one of the things that you said, wetting the appetite, there are some changes to Table A that uh, are fairly significant, especially with regard to the utility item, item number 11. So uh, people can uh, anticipate that too. Excellent. Well, thanks for taking part of your morning to join me today. I'm sure you have absolutely nothing else to do on a, on a Friday, so. <laughs> I've I got to get back to my Irish coffee. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, thanks again for joining me, Gary. It's been great. And uh, we'll get this one posted pretty quickly. And I'm sure we'll start getting some responses fairly quickly as well. That sounds good, Kurt. And uh, as always, as we, we try to share the questions that come in so that we, we make sure we're giving uh, consistent answers to people. So uh, Absolutely. I always appreciate it. Uh, it's good to see you. And uh, I'll look forward to the next time. Yep, sounds great. Thanks. Thanks, Kurt. You've been listening to the Surveyor Says Podcast, brought to you by the National Society of Professional Surveyors. If you have any questions about today's episode or any other topic, 
please email us at info at nsps.us.com, and we are here to help. Visit our website, nsps.us.com, to learn more about our association, the programs we administer and support, our sustaining members, and information about future episodes of Surveyor Says. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, as well as our podcast host, Podbean. And remember, it's a great day to be a surveyor. Surveyor.